Welcome to lead. Uh, let's open up in prayer. Father, Lord, we just thank you for this night, God. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to just gather together, Father, and to just dive into these topics and into this next series, Father. Knowing, Lord, that you're always here, Father, and that you will lead us in all truth, Holy Spirit. So, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you, Father, that you open our eyes, Father, to the truth, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone who's here tonight, Father God. We just pray, Father, that you will just open all of our eyes and our ears to hear, Father, what your spirit is saying on these topics, Lord. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm really excited to start this new series called The Elephant in the Room. Week one, we were talking about injustice. So injustice kind of encompasses everything in regards to what we see in the political world. And tonight we have different leaders sharing um, things that they, they've looked up. And of course, we want to hear your voice as well. Um, for those who are listening to the podcast, you can join us online um, in the future, but you can type in questions, send in messages to our Facebook, or you can join us in Leeds, seven o'clock on Wednesdays. And so I ask the leaders three questions. The first thing I ask is, what is its topic? So what is injustice? What does God say about injustice? And what is our job as Christians? What are we supposed to do when it comes to injustice? And so what we'll do is this side, we'll use that microphone. This side, we'll use this microphone. And so when I Googled what is injustice, <laughs> it says lack of fairness or justice. So what are some things as leaders, what, have you, what are some things that you guys pulled that really just kind of opened your mind in regards to injustice? When I think about injustice, the first thing that really popped up was the fact of everything going on when it comes to the racism, when it comes to the abortion issue, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter issue. This is stuff that we face. So what are some things uh, that you guys have kind of been just kind of stirring in your heart about the situation? So, um, referring to Sheena's question of uh, what is injustice, it's, I think, you know, you guys are older, y'all know, it's when something's not fair, when th something's not right, when there's um, a, uh, when people aren't treated fairly because of who they are, how they look, what gender they are, what race they are, how old they are, um, and the list goes on. Um, and her next question was, um, how do we deal with it as the body of Christ? What does it look like for us to engage in culture and deal with it? And um, I actually, like, if I'm just being honest, like, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I don't think any of us do. But um, in having these conversations, we're really smart people. You guys are really smart people, and we can work together to really come up with some great answers um, and some great solutions to... Um, do things the kingdom way because yeah. the kingdom way works. Um, and so I think what I see in the world right now, um, as far as how they're handling um, injustice is, uh, and this is actually not just like a 2020 thing. This is actually a pattern of human history. If you look at a lot of um, how humanity has dealt with justice issues from the beginning of time. Um, but a lot of the way that humanity has dealt with injustice is I'm being treated unfairly, so eventually I get tired of it and get sick of it, usually rightly so, um, and I fight, 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 and actually 
instead of just fighting for equality, it becomes unjust on another level. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I want to give other people a chance to, to share, obviously. But uh, I think, I think the, what we need to look at is, like, what does it look like to actually find kingdom equality and not create more injustice by trying to get justice for another race, another age, another gender. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is good. So whenever I was digging into this and I asked God, you know, what, what, what do you want to talk about with injustice? And the scripture that I believe the Lord put on my heart was one that at first I, I thought it was just completely out of left field. And it was Proverbs 11.1. 1. And it said, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights yeah. find favor with him. And at first I was like, God, like, what, what are you saying about this? And um, the more that I thought about it, I felt like what the Lord started to say was that deceit or the dishonest scales means that you're cheating someone out of the value of something. So we get the idea that, oh, a dishonest scale would be a way of manipulating someone out of money. Well, what's more valuable than your identity in Christ? So when we use racism to reduce someone, we are saying that because of someone's race, their outward appearance, that they're a lesser than. And when we say that they are lesser than, we are saying that they are lesser than someone else. And we all know that we all have an inherent creative value from God, and all people have that. So when we use racism to reduce someone, we are applying a dishonest measurement of their identity. And then on top of that, we have the restoration of the value that we have because of the blood of Christ that was paid for us. That's good. I kind of wrote a book here. <laughs> um, when I was praying about this, um, sorry, Shana, I, God kind of led me into a different um, turnaround view of it. Um, you know, we look at the world and we see different things and we, t and we can call them out on their stuff. But what about our stuff? So... Um, this is what I wrote. Um, you may think, I'm not a racist. I'm not unjust. I would like to take this from a them outlook to a look inward. It's easy to see what other people do. This is not a racism thing. This is a fallen humanity thing. How many of you have gone to a family function with the knowledge or uncomfortable feeling of going because you know that there is a certain member of the family there who will undoubtedly ruin the family fun because they can't keep their mouth shut? They are too opinionated. And every time they come to the party, all hell breaks loose, and the end, in the end, everyone is angry and never wants to come to a family function again. Anybody been there? <laughs> How many of us can say that we have had these thoughts or maybe even said them out loud to someone? Why are they always so loud? Why do, they, why do they always want so much attention? Why can't they ever stand up for themselves? Why do they always have something good to say? Why do, the, why do they dress that way? Why do they go out with that person? Why don't they ever show up on time? Okay, this is hitting home here, having a little bit of fun. Why don't they ever stop their lesson on time and go, over, go overtime every week? We have all have and we all know these kinds of people and we have been them as well. 
This also can happen between husbands and wives in marriage, and parents and children can make life very difficult, especially if you don't try to have an open mind to understand that people, that person and why they may feel or think that way. Most people get married with starry eyes, thinking their life will be the best fairy tale, and all those cute differences will always be so cute. Then reality hits, and what you thought was so cute grates on your nerves and can become huge arguments. One person loves to save and think, and think of the future, while the other one seems like money just flows right through their fingers, like water. One likes a toilet paper roll under and the other over. One puts things in order, a place for everything and everything in its place, and the other, it seems like a tornado follows them everywhere. A child grows up and sees all these things from their parents, or sometimes hardly any of these, like I've never seen my parents fight, and think I will do things differently when I have my own family, and they find themselves wondering what in the world happened when they get married and have kids of their own. Why doesn't my husband listen to me? Why do these children just do whatever they want? Why am I the only one who cleans up? They throw their stuff everywhere. Why don't I ever get a break? Why can't we just get along? I thought life would be so different. The people that God places around us in our families, in our churches, our schools, our friends, and people who we don't think of as friends were put there by God for a reason. He is the master architect. In Proverbs 27:17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. And in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in this, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape every day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into a temple in which God is at quite at home. In ancient times, the, the stones used to make buildings and structures were used placed together without mortar, carefully chiseled to fit perfectly together. Monte Picchu is one of these such structures. This way in the southern part of, I'm sorry, in southern part of Peru. So our God is sharpening and carefully chiseling us, using others in our life to sharpen us and to fit perfectly into his beautiful, perfect body. We think differently and act and react differently whether it was taught, by, taught to us or an aid in us, part of our inborn makeup. We have different backgrounds, families, and have grown up in different environments. And the huge thing is that God loves us all. So what do you think that's not really So with all that, what do you think that looks like in what we're currently facing today? How do I love someone? And I'll be real, we're having these conversations. How do I love someone that wants to defund police. How do I love someone who thinks it's okay to do this, that, and a third? Because let's, let's, let's be honest, people rub us the wrong way. And we come at each other and it's like, because I'm, I'm assuming everyone watches the news or they watch Facebook or they're seeing all those things, especially on Facebook. Anybody have to like unfollow people because they're acting like fools and I'm like, what? 
And especially as Christians, it's like, bro, like I thought, I thought you were spirit filled. But then it's like, <laughs> who's setting the standard here? So it like really made me think someone, um, sorry to cut you off, someone posted about, um, the Demo uh, specifically the Democrats, why they'll not vote for the Democrats. Anybody see that that post? Yeah. Anyone, so no. Okay. So yeah, really. So this. Um, and I'm I'm not pushing politics. That's not. If you know me, you know why I, I don't do all that stuff. I just believe the word of God. It says why I will not vote Democrat. I will not vote because I will not vote for the most pro-life candidate. I will vote for the most pro-life candidate because God hates the shedding of innocent blood. That's Proverbs 6, 17. It always goes back to the word of God. Like, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It has to line up with the word. I will vote for the most pro-Israel candidate because God blesses those who bless Israel. Genesis 12, 3. I will vote for the most pro-debt reduction candidate because the borrower is a servant to the lender. It is true. I will vote for the most pro-work candidate because God says if a man Man won't work, let him not eat. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.10. I will vote for the most pro-marriage candidate because God is for marriage as defined in Genesis 2.24. I will vote for the candidate who most closely believes government purpose to reward good and punish evil, Romans 13. Yo, it's crazy. Everyone is killing everyone and everyone is taking sides. It literally makes me sick. I will vote based as close as I can to God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16. This this is why I will not support Black Lives Matter. If you go to their website, it is literally the opposite of the word of God. In fact, it says, um, I, I took some notes. So this is what it says, and you can feel free to argue with me. Um, I don't want argument, I'm just here to speak truth. I did my research, they all did their research. Black Lives Matter, Matter does not align with biblical Christianity. This is why. Black Lives Matter seeks to dismantle the biblical definition of family. One man married to one woman is biblical. The mystery of two, man and woman becoming one flesh, is so powerful, a union that Paul used his illustration to talk about Christ and church in Ephesians 5. This is why we're going to be talking about sexuality, because you cannot let people tell you it's okay to go have sex with everyone. It's like test driving a car. I had a family member say that. How are you going to wait for the one person? It's like test driving a car. You really think, what happens if you don't like it? What then I guess we'll figure that out. So, so number two, Black Lives Matter champions the celebration of homosexuality. I love everyone. I have a gay cousin. I love everyone, but I will not support your lifestyle. Just like if you had a gambling problem, I love you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. And in fact, um, and we had to do research. Like I said, I work for Christian Counseling Associates. You can check out when we post the podcast. We'll, we'll pop the tag down there. You can follow them. We had to read, it was like a 200 plus page on how it is absolutely impossible to be born gay. And it wasn't Christians who wrote this. It was actual, I think the one guy was named Dr. McHugh. And if you would like it, I will be so glad to give it to you for you to read. And 200 plus pages, scientifically impossible to be born gay. 
Like, we're going to get into that next week. And in fact, I'm going to make a copy. And I'm gonna, if you want it, I'll, I'll make sure you get it. But Black Lives Matter, they refer to queer affirming, but it simply boils down to rebellion against God's word. With the intention of, this is what they say. This is on the website. I am making this up. With the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of the heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless he or she or they disclose otherwise. What? Okay. Black Lives Matters um, touts gender confusion as normal and seeks to make heroes of those who are mentally confused. Let me tell you something, Nick, you could probably attest. You've probably had people come through your office when counseling who are like, I'm not gay, but what do I do? Or I I'm trying to get out of homosexuality, what do I do? But let me tell you something, that homo, I'm gonna, I'll bet, I'll bet my savings that I know <laughs> Dirt girl shot have a taco truck. <laughs> no, I'm being real serious. Something happened to them that caused them to literally hate the opposite sex. I bet you everything in my savings account. Yeah. Nick? It's real. It's real. Yeah. It's real. And so. The movement taking culture by storm and increasingly validated by Christians. I was guilty in the beginning. I'm like, yo, Black Lives Matter. Woo! I love everyone. But then I was like, Sheena, you're looking like a fool right now. Because I was getting real fleshy. I'm like, we have to protect everyone. And it's just like, yeah, we do. But listen. The movement taken by storm by Christians, black and white alike, wants to dismantle the cisgender privilege and up uplift black trans folk. Yep, their justice movement is also the movement of the gender revelation. BLM, this is on their website, committed to embracing and making space for trans brothers and sisters to participate to lead. There are two genders, male and female, made in the image of God. Go on their website. I'm not making this stuff up. Like I literally went Google, copy and paste, there. We have to be aware of what's going on in, in our lives. We can't be dumb. I actually, I want to encourage you to go check out what each candidate is, is, is rooting for. You look and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. We, we look at even the BLM, it's like hardcore. What? It's, it's just crazy. It's, it's crazy. Does anybody have any, like? I would love to. Okay. It all goes, it all goes. This is so good. No, this is really good. And I just want to honor you, Sheena, because, like, here's the reality, guys. Who here likes it whenever you're in sin and someone, like, points it out? Mm. You like that when people do that? And they're like, what's up, bro? You're sinning. No one likes that. No. But those people are your best friends. Yes. Right? Like, my wife, she calls me out on my junk, and I hate it. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like faithful of the wounds of a friend, right? Yes. And that's the type of people that you want to surround yourself with. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, we need like a good doctor will cut you. Yes. But he's healing you while he's cutting you. So I just want to encourage you. When you're reading the word of God and it cuts you, you should be like, yes, Jesus, cut me deeper. Yes. Because this is good pain. If you're not feeling pain, like when the, when the doctor hits your foot with that knife like that's actually not a good thing it means means like something's going wrong in your body but the world has taken this approach that if you call me out on my trash and you call a spade a spade that you actually aren't loving me yes. 
such a lie. It is such a lie. And so it's, there's political, there's a spirit yes. yeah. of political correctness. So an actual devil that protects your ego mm -hmm. and protects yeah. you from actually feeling the conviction of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Trust me, I've given into it, like yeah. with tons of different sins. And it's to, it's there to affirm the fact that everything's okay, what you're doing isn't that bad. And, and then it's gotten so bad that, you know, as the Bible actually prophesies that men will say that wrong is right and right is wrong. Yeah. Okay. So you have the word of God that is truth. It's a sword. All right. So it cuts. Yeah. All right. It cuts. And anytime that you speak the things that Sheena just spoke, you're you're kind of met with, well, you're a bigot yeah. or you're racist mm -hmm. or yeah. you're intolerant. Yeah. But if you notice on the other end, how intolerant the world has become of Christians. Yeah. That's because the spirit is opposed to the spirit of Christ that yeah. dwells within us. Mm -hmm. We're living in a spiritual battle. Correct. And, and what I love most about what, what Sheena says is, you know, the, the world will teach you what to think. Okay, they'll say, this is what you have to think. Otherwise, you're this. Yes. If you don't think this, then you're wrong. But God is so loving, he wants to actually teach you how to think. Yeah. Okay, there's a difference. See, what to think is me commanding you believe this or you're an idiot. What to think is, hey, you're smart. Figure this out for yourself. Here's the tools. Here's the word of God. Be wise as a serpent but gentle as a dove. Take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. And those tools, if we submit to the Spirit of God, will lead us and He'll counsel us to, to the point in which you're thinking, oh my gosh, is, is everyone here around me blind? Yeah. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that is so offensive. Yeah. If you are actually going up to someone, you're like, hey, guess what? You're, you're actually freaking blind. And like... <laughs> Those real emotions that you have for that member of the opposite for, of the same sex that you're identifying with, like they're totally sinful and you're totally going to hell and all this stuff, like that's not obviously going to be received really well. Yeah. So the Bible says, seek justice, mm -hmm. love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Yep. All right. So justice is of the utmost importance. Absolutely. We'll talk about it later in, in later weeks, but like people are going to heaven and people are going to hell. The loving God who died on the cross, Jesus Christ. Like, he's sending people to hell. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that? Mm -hmm. You reconcile it by having justice as the utmost priority. But whenever people are, are, are convicted by God and they humble themselves before him, you're there to extend yeah. the hand of grace that God extended to you. Mm -hmm. All right? Because God gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. Right? And he humbles the proud. I just want to share a real quick story. Yeah. So like... <laughs> I had a kid who bullied me in high school, all right? That's injustice, right? It sucked. He would pound on my door and he'd, every day on my window of my bus, he'd say, Nick Wiskowitz is a faggot. Nick Wiskowitz, I'm sorry for the language, but that's just real. It broke my heart. He terrorized my life. Him and his friends brought knives and they were going to jump me after the bus when I got off. This kid did this. No one did anything. Injust, right? Mm -hmm. Messed up, mm -hmm. all right? I wasn't even gay anyway. It was just like... He's calling me, you know, he's just terrorizing me. You're married with three So anyway, yeah. So, but, so I go to school, I become a counselor, and I'm sitting in Greensburg at this drug and alcohol counseling place. And a, and a co-worker said, hey, can you run my group? So I'm in this group, and wouldn't you know it, huh. in walks this kid. 
This is real, okay? In walks this kid, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I have the power to crush you under my hands. There's a probation officer across the hallway, and I can have you take a pee test right now and send you to jail. Right? Boosh! All this. It's real. Right? So, like, that is the fury and the wrath of God. His hunger for justice, right? Like, that's actually righteous anger. So that's real. But then I looked inside and I thought, man, Jesus Christ died and he forgave me of all this terrible stuff that I did. What is going to reveal that love to him? So I treated him like it never happened. I loved the fire out of him. And a couple years later, I see this kid on the streets of Jeanette. He was probably going to get drugs. I said, hey, man, I want to tell you, like, this is what Jesus Christ did in my life. It's available for you. And that right there, in the face of of him deserving the worst of the worst punishment, mm-hmm. I extended mercy. That is Seek good. justice, love mercy. Mm-hmm. Walk humbly with your God. So the world is like, oh no, we want justice for us and we're never extending mercy. We're going to accuse you and then when we get caught in our trash, we're not going to own up to it because we're right to be doing our trash. And so you, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit because the spirit that's out there in the world right now calling for justice it doesn't line up with the word it's not legit yeah yeah just to go with what nick hit on um kind of lines up with the with the last question on here um what is my part as a spirit-filled christian in the world today dealing with this topic and in the words is you know we've been given the ministry of reconciliation yeah and that was just a great story and it literally just highlights you know walking with god being led by the holy spirit even when your feelings are the opposite to yeah. what you know the truth is yeah. and still choosing to follow God, even though it might've felt better for Nick to just crush that guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, he didn't, he followed what the spirit was saying, what he knew was true in the word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was just awesome. But yeah, d- definitely, you know, that extending that ministry of reconciliation. I think that always stays with being teachable as well. Always stay teachable because the thing is what the enemy wants to do, John 10, 10, it's been like my jam. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that we'll have life and more abundant. And so everywhere we go, we get to change the atmosphere. So if you're, I don't know about you, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was real mad because I was coming home from work and there was traffic because people wanted to march. You want to march on Route 30, <laughs> 7 o'clock at night? I was like, I will cut you all. I'm hungry. I started eating my Chick-fil-A in the car, and I had to, take, I had to turn around and go. <sighs> I wanted to. Sure it was probably on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and so the thing is, it's like, as Christians, we get to start flushing, and we start to feel it. And it's like, God, how do I love people where they are? How do we love people where they are? Does anybody have any questions or comments so far? Mikey. Why do people, like, I know black life matters, but don't all life matter? Like God says, God loves each and everyone the same. But black, but they don't really don't want to listen to that God loves each and everyone. Why is that? So the question is, black lives matter, all lives matter. Why don't, why don't people listen to that? And I think Nick said it, though, and anyone can jump in. 
it's such a spirit of deceit. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like they're shut down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're going to rise up and we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I, I don't know if anyone, has anyone ever dealt with racism? Like anyone ever been called a word or two? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and racism isn't just being called like the N word, because I've been called that plenty of times. But I'm talking about like, Euro, redneck hillbilly. Uh, trailer trash. I grew up right by Jeanette, so I got so, trailer yeah, trash. Yeah, so these are real. And it's like, but our job, and Nick hit it about almost as if being the bigger person, it's like, I'm going to bless you. And it's like, <laughs> and Jesus says it. It's like, love those and bless those. In fact, Nick and Britt, we were at church camp, what, six years ago? You know I got to do it. It's my favorite story. So Nick and Britt, we were at church camp together. This church camp we have here at Word of Life. And they made a song up. And it says this. Love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you. Matthew 5, 44, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Can I tell you how many times I sing that song? I'll be walking through class like, love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you. <laughs> or a church, love your, love your people. And it's just like, that stuff's real. It is. Like, it's like, how do I love that person? They're so rude. And Cindy said it. Family members. Yeah, thank you. That's my homegirl. Does anybody have anything they want to add? Or, oh, wait, you had a question. Go ahead. How do I? Oh, wait. Go ahead, Christy. Okay, wait. Okay, good. It's like when you see something on social media, it's like, and all these fightings, like, who's right, who's wrong. It's like so controversial because me, I always say, like, whatever happens, happens. But it's like when, you know, when the election comes, like, if Biden becomes president or Trump becomes president, like, most people think it's, like, the end of the world, but it's not. We have a long, yeah, we... Return quickly, Jesus. But yeah, no, you're right with, you know, seeing on social media and all of those things. And it's like, okay, God, we trust you. But we also do our part. Uh, Britt and Nick, they shared a couple of weeks ago um, about we as Christians, like we have the right to take over. Their, and I'm not going to, um, if you want to look at it's Lance Walner, he does his whole like seven mountains of culture yeah. and that's what it's it's killer look it up um we'll find the link and then we can plug it in for you guys to check it out but yeah no it's like we can move mountains we're gonna pray for those things but god christy all right i had a scripture pulled up it's romans 12 17 through 21 it's repay no evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men if it is possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men beloved do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is yeah. thirsty, give him a drink. For in so you will be doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in your feelings because you're like, they're so wrong, and I like yeah. want to fight them. And then it's like taking the step back, saying, all right, vengeance is mine, say the Lord, like God knows. Yeah. And uh, it's still standing up for what's good. You're supporting what's good. You you know what's right and you're doing what's right. And then it's kind of allowing God to step in and be like, that's the injustice. And you're talking about like, 
uh, loving your enemy and all of that. And I remember right after the riots hit and like, I think there was a Chick-fil-A, I remember where it was, I read it on Facebook, got like all busted up. And like the next day they were like in the streets handing out free sandwiches to the, the same people who were like busting in their windows the day before. So it was like taking that scripture and taking that like, don't repay evil with evil. Cause it's so easy to like come at them with the same thing and be on that same extreme on your end and still like causing issues and causing all of that stuff. So it's just taking that step back and it's like, okay, that's wrong. I recognize it's wrong. I'm still going to love them and yeah. kind of goes along with what Nick's story was and everything too. So, yeah. Good. How do I deal with like me being the only person in my family that believes in the Bible? Like out of my siblings, there's like four of us and they're all like mm. social justice warriors. And I'm just like, well, I don't know, like, I can't argue with them because there's three of them and there's only one of me. So the question was, how do I um, address these topics specifically when it comes to family who are social justice warriors? Um, what do you, anybody want to answer that? Yeah, the Lord, um, when I first got saved, I was all up in my family's face telling them they need to repent and come to Jesus and this was like you know my mom and dad who are in their 50s my brother and sister who are older than me and so you know there was a point where the Lord was like yeah don't say another word and let your life be the proof that's good and eventually you know the stuff that your siblings and I'm not I don't know them but I'll just make an assumption the stuff that they're into right now is probably going to fade away but your faith in Christ won't. Yeah. And, you know, eventually there comes a time whenever your fruit becomes, it tastes so good mm-hmm. around you. And, and the people around you who you just pray your heart out for, you cry those tears over them, God hears it, and he'll set up a divine appointment mm-hmm. for you to lead them to Jesus or for them to come to you and say, I got this going on, can you pray for me? Before you know it, the love will just supernaturally draw them to Jesus Christ without you having to argue. Because ultimately, like she was talking about, like, we don't want to argue. You know, Jesus is Lord. He's almighty. Like, he doesn't need to prove his point. You know, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord, whether they like it or not. So I just want to encourage you with that testimony and release it over you. And, like, Britt and I, we baptize my mom and my sister and my sister's husband is a self-professed believer in Jesus now. And like one by one, God just going. Yeah. So patience, perseverance, and love. And you, like you don't have to defend God. You know, you just, you just burn for Jesus. And it'll be undeniable in a year or two whenever they've moved on to their next social justice thing. And they're exhausting themselves. So. Yeah, that's good. We have Christians in our day and age now to get arrested for what they believe in. Yeah. So yeah. it's really no different than what happened back when Jesus got arrested. Yeah. So we're still having the same thing going on in the, in the, uh, in the 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So it really hasn't changed. And what we're leaving, like I was bringing up Leviticus 19, because Leviticus talks a lot about all this encompassed in one. Yeah. And I was reading this earlier today, and I had a, I wrote down just some stuff I was reading. But in Leviticus, Leviticus 19.15, it says, Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful, 
always judge people fairly. I mean, and that's not what's going on right now in our world. People aren't being judged for doing the, the correct thing. Everything is, everything is just twisted. And it says, do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Yeah. And that's going on with all these different groups. They're spread, spreading different kinds of what they believe in. It's, it's mostly, it's all gossip about different people. And do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. That's hard because we have relatives that are against us. So even by everyone's t we touched on this, but they tell you, confront people directly so you not be held guilty for your sin. But when we say you can also look at that when you want to confront them, but you're confronting them with your testament, with yeah. your with your good deeds, with your works, what, how you walk with the Lord. It doesn't have to be just by your words, what comes out of your mouth, but how you hold yourself in front of those people. I've had people in my own family, even my mother has come against me because she doesn't was having a hard time believing what I believe in. But I knew I couldn't go back and try to say something to her. I had, had to lead by my example and just I had to hold my tongue. Because yeah. trust me, I, there was a lot of things I wanted to say. It was, but I knew that the Lord told me I could not say those things because that was going to make her fall away even more. Yeah. I mean, and it's being honest with people. I mean, because even with dishonesty, it's a, a misrepresentation that leads you to, like, sus suspicion with people. It leads you to mistrust and hatred. And it tears people's relationships apart. So we have to be honest. And sometimes honesty hurts. Yeah. But if you have the correct people, you know, what, like, what, uh, what Nick said before, when you're honest with people, and if you have to call them out on something, they're going to, if they want it, they're actually going to respond to that because you're being honest to them. And that builds a tighter relationship. Yeah, that's community. That's yeah. why we really push those small groups. And so. So I had a coworker talk, come up to me, I guess, I don't know, like a week ago or something like that. And she was asking me, because she asked me like what I was doing and stuff like that. She just started come, like working with us. And she asked me like what I was going to school for and everything and I told her ministry and she was like oh like do you know of a great church around here and I was like telling her about word of life and stuff and she's like because I just went to a church she grew up Muslim and she made some bad choices and so her family disowned her and so like she moved out here all by herself and has a kid and everything and she went to a church and the church um went up to her and was like how do you feel that all of your family is going to hell? Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, um, oh, like, and I didn't even know, like, how to respond. Like, how do you respond to someone who does that? Because you want to love on them and explain to them. But, like, she was like, I mean, I understand it, but, like, she's like, I just don't want to think about it. And it's like, how do you get her to understand? It's like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I think Nick said it with the whole buy your fruits. You're just going to love her where she's at. So not to switch gears, but I wanted to hit on the topic of abortion. Um, that's a hot topic as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to let leaders, anybody feel they want to share before we have the floor? Anybody have anything they want to? Okay. Um, so real quick, just to touch on what you said, like, it's okay to not have all the answers sometimes, yeah. it, but you can still be compassionate and just say, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Mm -hmm. And just meeting her in that place of compassion, I'm, I'm sure everybody has just felt a little bit of compassion in their lives. And it goes a really long way. Yeah. Um, just saying like, I love you. Jesus loves you. 
I don't have all the answers, but I'm really sorry that that happened to you, can go a really long way. Um, on the abortion topic, um, I actually, when I was just getting clean from drugs and alcohol, ended up getting pregnant, had an abortion, and um, I could talk for probably 10 minutes on my testimony, but I'm not going to do that. But just know, I don't know all you guys, but if you've had an abortion, if you know somebody who's had an abortion, um, first off, I would be happy to talk to you after or send your people that you know my way. Um, even if you meet somebody in the future, God loves you. You're forgiven. Um, you don't have to live in shame. He doesn't want you to live in shame. There's if you have shame on your life, that's only the devil trying to keep you in a lie, keep you in the past. God has a great plan for your now and for your future. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but is abortion okay? Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> as everybody was talking, <clears throat> I was kind of just thinking um, some different thoughts of like, you know, like the enemy does <clears throat> these... I mean, he's a deceiver, and he will deceive real quick if you let him, or he'll deceive slowly if you let him, and he doesn't care either way. He just wants, he hates all humans. He doesn't care how old you are, what color you are. Mm -hmm. He wants to kill us all. He hates us all. And, um, like, I remember on, I'm going to skip around a little bit here, but just to, to kind of paint a picture, when I was in middle school, so like 7th, 8th grade, I... You know, I'm like, don't know who I am because I'm like 13 years old. And at that time, because social culture said like, there's like, don't be gay. Like, I thought, I had this thought to myself, like, well, if I'm gay, I'm just going to not be gay because that's not okay. Uh, like, you know, social, social culture says that's not okay. Like, what, Jason, when you're growing up, was you're like, I'm not going to be gay, like, even if I'm gay, right? And, um, and obviously nobody's gay. But that was like 15 to 20 years ago. And so now, like if you have a thought, like while I'm trying to figure out in middle school how I'm, how I'm gonna fit in in this world, if you think, well, maybe I'm gay. Well, that's actually embraced by culture now. Mm -hmm. So you can actually, like so many more kids are going into that just to find their identity, just to find acceptance because it's socially acceptable. In the same way that abortion, 50 years ago, if you got pregnant in high school in the 40s, 50s, I don't know exactly, but somewhere around that time, like you actually had to leave school. So it wasn't something that like culture embraced. And I'm not saying the shame of it was ever right, because I think, I think fathers, if your daughter got pregnant in the 40s or 50s, needed to say like, this wasn't okay. I love, I love you, this wasn't okay, but you need to have this baby. Um, <clears throat> but now you see where culture went from abortion is not okay to like people are like celebrating it to the point where they're saying, shout your abortion. And that's straight demonic. And, yeah. and if you look at the, the course of abortion, it's like, and this is just the devil's agenda. Like he's just pushing, 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 pushing. And that's why we need to step up now and stop this thing now, because we don't know how ugly this thing can really get. Yeah. 20 years ago, I would have never, I mean, like celebrating homosexuality was like hardly on the horizon. Right. Hardly. Yeah. And now you walk through Target 
and it says three cheers for queers on the shirt, which is kind of laughable, but like that's an abomination to God. Like that is an outright abomination to God posted up in the Target stores. And then that's all over the place. I went to the beach this summer and it's, uh, I forget what the shirt said, but kind of in the same, same vein. It, it said, it, the shirt said, I'm gay, or, or that sounds gay, I'm in. Like those things, like they're playing on humor, but those are abominations to God. And even 20 years ago, that stuff was not acceptable. And so in the same way, abortion 50 years ago, not acceptable like shameful thing to, okay, well, let's make this okay for um, women who have had, who've been raped. And people are still playing that card, like women's rights, women get raped, how are you gonna make them have this baby? Do you know how, like the, it's a small sliver percentage of abortions that actually happen because of rape. Most of them are, Women, just like me, willing, being free, getting drunk, living in sin, having sex, and you conceive a baby, and you don't own up, you don't step up to the plate, you don't take responsibility, and you end up murdering your child. Mm -hmm. And that's the large majority of abortions um, that are taking place, and it's gone from not being okay to okay, well, it's okay because people get raped, to, well, it's okay if you, if you get an abortion before 12 weeks pregnant, to it's okay to if, you, if you do it before the third trimester starts, to it's, it's okay all, as long as it's before you actually have it, it's okay. To now, they're, like you guys have heard, probably, they say it's okay to ha kill your baby right after it's born. And if that gets okayed, if that gets okayed, if we don't stand up and say, this is not okay and start pushing back, yeah. what's going to be the next thing? Well, you don't like your toddler. Your toddler screams. There's probably something wrong with them. Let's just put them in a gas chamber. Like, sounds crazy, but that's what the devil does because he hates humanity. Yes, 20 years ago, half the stuff that's been going on, you would never believe it you know like mm -hmm. you were saying 20 years ago half this stuff it's like you would if you told somebody this was happening they would mm -hmm. think you were crazy mm -hmm. you know like even tv shows you know 20 25 years ago they would like make fun of gay and yeah. poke fun at that yeah. and then now that could never happen mm -hmm. yeah. you can't make fun of that anymore you know now yeah. it's mm -hmm. celebrated yeah. so it's it's crazy how in 20 years has made such a difference, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Um, just, I had two thoughts. One's more a thought, one's a question. The first one, thought being, I just want to point out, though, that earlier it was brought up, why are we, just to tie in what we've been talking about, why is everyone saying black lives matter when all lives matter? And then, Balancing the need to fight injustice with grace. I don't know that it has to be mutually exclusive. Exclu we can 
Like, the reason, I'm sorry, I've got 10 thoughts running through my head at the same time. No, it's okay. We want so, these conversations to happen. Matter, they're fighting for that because they haven't been treated like they matter. Like, whites, a lot of times, we get treated like we matter. So, like, that's added in. And so what we are saying now for abortion is what people are saying for the Black Lives Matter movement of we've been doing these things and saying it's okay to harm them and saying like which we're saying now for babies so i just wanted to point that out because sometimes we can accidentally throw ourselves on opposing ends and not realize like this is the same argument in two different demographics right now that we're having and granted right now in our culture thankfully we're not saying lynch them yeah but that was and yeah. at this mm -hmm. point now we're still fighting for Equality, like in jobs and socioeconomics and things like that. So I just, I just also no. wanted to point that out. I like, think that's a great, so no, important no. No. no, that's awesome. I'm so glad you just I, you said that because it's almost like, and I get it. Like, I first of all, man, I love your heart with this because it is true. It's like, I think what people, I think the facade of like the Black Lives Matter, the movement is absolutely disgusting and is not aligned with the word of God. Now, Black Lives Matter in regards to equality, I get what you're saying, 110%. Because we look at it, and, and you see, and, we, and I'm gonna tell you, when the whole thing with George Floyd happened, I was livid, this is why. I have an African-American boyfriend. I have an African-American brother. What makes you think, I don't care if the cop was green, what makes you think it's okay to sit on someone's neck for eight minutes? That's just inhumane. Like, that doesn't even make sense. And so then we're seeing, and it's almost like with, in general, the highlights of everyone in the news is black getting shot. Yeah. But we're not seeing everyone else. And it's like the media is twisting it to see, oh, this is happening. We got to... But let's talk about the riots. I love Pittsburgh. Like, it's, it's now my home. But you know how disheartening it is to go down to, to the point in where my boyfriend and I, we walk on our dates and we go get ice cream and all these things. It's desolate and everything is destroyed. That is not okay. We cannot say, yeah, riot away. Destroy everything, because people's businesses are getting destroyed. It's bananas, and it's like we are getting stripped, and it's so important for now, for our generation, to not put up with that crap. No, I don't care what color anyone is. It is not okay to shoot someone just to shoot them. Yeah. That's total, but, and, and I'm a carrier. Like, I carry, I carry. And so it's like, if, if I'm mad at you, or if I think, I'm not gonna shoot you, that's totally ridiculous. And so it's almost like we have to pay attention to those lies too, to where it's like, that literally, the media is playing us, is what it is. They're playing us and we're receiving it. And it's not right. It is not right that people just get killed. It's, it's total craziness. So with that, just to bounce back, I know two people have extra thoughts too. Um, but, so I guess on that side, Fight for justice, not that way, is what you're saying. And just to clarify, yeah. yes. Fight for justice, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Just not that way. You do not bring violence. What is that? Martin Luther King walked. Was he destroying things? No. no. 
Absolutely not. I have not read any history book where Martin Luther King looted a store and took all their stuff. Am I correct? Anybody? Okay, cool, just, yeah. Martin Luther King, he fought, and, and, and actually Kelly and I talked about this earlier. Slavery versus segregation. I know, and I know, because I just, in the life of everything, there was this man named Grandpa Thomas who was in my church growing up, and he dealt with segregation. He was not a slave. Okay. Two different things. I think that's what we're, and, and it's funny, I don't know if your generation is old enough to even know Saved by the Bell. Do y'all remember the show Saved by the Bell? There's just one episode where Jessica Spano, she's the smart one, she, was, she goes to Lisa Turtles, who's black. She's like, I'm so sorry for all the things my people have done to you. Let me make it up to you. I will not bow before any man in regards to, to pay back any slavery. Like, and, and has anyone seen videos of this where people of all different races are going to Caucasians and saying, kiss my feet, kiss my shoes. Y you guys owe us. See, this is what we're this is what we're talking about. That's the, I don't think so, and I'm a, and it's just like and that gets you. So I get what you're saying, man. I yes, it's wrong. It's wrong of the injustice that is happening. Believe me, I get what you're saying. And that was one point. Go ahead with your other comment. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second one was the digression, though. <laughs> that's back to the, that's back no, please don't. Oh, the topic we were on, so I don't know if you guys wanted to say what you wanted to say first before I went to my second question, because they were asking like, oh, I No, well, I actually watched uh, online, I was watching Stephen Furtick with John Gray, and they actually talked about this in their church. Yes. All of this in their church. One of John Gray's comments, he said, he says, I would still be sitting here if this was a white cop that shot a black guy or a black guy that shot a white guy. Yeah. Because injustice is injustice. It doesn't Absolutely. matter the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. And he's standing there with his brother that's just white and saying this. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted, like the biggest thing is that he even said, he says, he said to someone, he said to people there, he says, what are all of you white people would actually come out of your place and come to where I live and where I grew up with all the black people in my, in my neighborhood? Would you come here and be comfortable? And most of the people would say no, because you think about that. I actually had this happen, and I'm, I, I witnessed an accident in Pittsburgh. It was in the middle of the night. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was working, because I work in the middle of the night. And I stopped, and it was in the middle of Pittsburgh, in an all-black neighborhood. It's all black people. I mean, granted, yes, the first comment was said to me is like, I can't believe you got out of your truck. Because that's the first thing people say when you're in an uncomfortable situation. I'm not, because I know I'm protected by Jesus Christ. And I'm standing there because I know that he's going to stand me firm. And that girl got out of that car and ran over to me because she was scared to death. Yeah. And all I did was gave her a hug and said she was okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the color of her skin. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that is wrong with our country mm -hmm. is yeah. they can't do that. And I don't care where I am. I don't care what people have said about me growing up and calling me white trash and other kinds of names. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That doesn't matter to me because this person is just giving something out, it's out of an emotion. I mean, we have to love them for who they are and not for what they say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still people, and I don't care where I am. I will always 
try to help people. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the other person would try and attack me and come in to hit me. I'm still going to get out of that vehicle anyways to try to do something to help these people. So, Free, so I want to just quickly wrap up this part with online. Um, if you'd love to know more of what's going on here at LEAD, check us out on Facebook. Um, also, we want to invite you out for the next four weeks of all of our series. We know that God is doing an amazing thing. We love you. God loves you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.